Hi, my name is Shane, and my pronouns are he, him, and she, her. My name is Michael, and my pronouns are he and him. And this is the Elephant in the Closet podcast. Podcast. Oh, bless your heart. I was a little delayed. It's because it's like 100 degrees today. It's so hot out right now. I'm sorry. I'm really cold right now, so. Oh. How? What? Something's wrong with your <laughs> something's wrong with your internal thermometer if you're cold right now. <laughs> so welcome to episode seven double oh seven. Dunna dun dunna. That is The Incredibles, and that is two different things. 007 and The Incredibles are two different things, so please make sure you're getting that correct. Thank you so much. I've never seen 007, so I don't know what it is. What's the theme song for 007? Why can I not think of it right now? Well, it's probably good. Now we can't get sued for it. Welcome to episode 007. The name of this episode is Bringing Down the House. Oh, wait, you wanted to say it. No, you can say it. Go ahead. Go ahead. And the name of this ep- <laughs> and the name of this episode is what? Oh, you just wanted to interrupt me. Yes. Okay. And the name of this episode is bringing, bringing down the house. <laughs> yes. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Well, it was titled something else, but I like this one better. So yeah. this is like part two to last week's episode, but this is a better title. <laughs> so last week we talked about bridges. And building connections or, or rebuilding connections where they have been broken. And so if you missed last episode, please pause and go listen to that first. You're going to need to know mm-hmm. our illustrations that we've been using because we're jumping right back into them. Yes. And we also gave homework at the very end of it. We said to watch Encanto if you have not. And I will say there will be spoilers for this and they will kind of be jumping all through. So if you have not seen that, and you're like, well, I want to watch Encanto first. Well, I'm sorry. You're going to have to wait to listen to this podcast if you don't want to be spoiled. So yes, you're welcome. <laughs> so yes, spoiler alert. We're going to be talking about that. Last week, we talked about two different cases of bridge building. One that went well. <clears throat> yes. You and your sister. My sister. One that I, I'd say it didn't go well, but it still went well because you were aware that you know it was time to not that was a bridge that wasn't going to be rebuilt, mm-hmm. right? So safety and boundaries, and, and it was a, it ended up being healthy as it could be without a bridge being rebuilt. Yeah. And so, But today's story is about you and the bridge that you're continually building right now. And With it's been my help. grandmother. Right. So before we get your into- Your mother. Yes, your, <laughs> my mother, your grandmother. Before that, we want to remind you of our values. We are always learning to proudly love who we are. We are learning to love others inside and out the way that they deserve to be loved. Learning how to love from the one who created love in the first place. Our usual parental warning, we're not going to be inappropriate. However, it's always a good idea to listen to episodes before you have your kids listen to them. Because you might have to answer your own questions before you start to answer theirs. (laughs) A quick trigger warning, in this episode, we will be discussing a little bit of spiritual abuse. Wait, so, how are you wanting to start this? So, like I said, we are going to get into the story of Encanto. 
but be like kind of like comparisons on some of the things that will be helpful for you to um helpful for me to kind of paint a picture of our family and the way that my grandma and I's relationship is and how I am with my family. But in order for you to know that, you do need to know how it all started. So, Michael, I know that you know this a little bit more. How did the story start with our family coming to know Jesus? Yes. Well, let me begin with the, the bridge analogy. Our goal is to not to change minds. That's, I mean, our goal is not to change minds. Our goal is to be able to encourage people who may be wanting, who maybe want to build a bridge or are at a place where they feel like they are safe enough to rebuild a bridge to another family member where there is a divide. This is within the context of LGBTQIA plus in the church, but this can extend to pretty much any anything yeah any relationship that's broken we think it's bigger than that but this is the context of this because after you came out it there were divides that were cast because bridges Mm -hmm. were blown up and you were left on an island while everyone else was separate which if anything they were the ones on the island but you know whatever we also believe that it's important to build bridges and rebuild bridges when it's safe to when it's appropriate to because if everyone cuts off every relationship and blows up every bridge when someone disagrees with them, then we're left alone. We're left, really, we are, we're left, we're left alone. And that's not great either. And people don't grow when they're on their own. No No one grows on their own. We need each other to grow. Or we need a soccer ball with a face on it, Colin Wilson. (laughs) True, we're all gonna be walking around with soccer balls. Right. And perfect example, if you hadn't come back for me, I never yes. would have changed. I mean, it took steps for me mm-hmm. to, you know, to, I had to prove, you know, I was willing to be here for you or at least willing to take a few steps, you know, but if you hadn't come back for me, I wouldn't be who I am right now. And so you don't know how things will be in the future. So I think it's important when if you feel it's healthy to do so, or when you feel you're ready to do so, and if it's not an abusive thing, it might be good to be open to see what kind of relationship can be rebuilt. What What do you think? Hearing this from me, I think it's a, I think it's great and it's important. And I agree with you. Okay, because if there's any pushback, you're, <laughs> I want to hear your pushback. So, in order to understand more about the story, I, I didn't even think about sharing our family story, but maybe this will give you a better picture of my family we've talked about our life but we haven't talked about our faith Mm -hmm. and it's important to talk about our faith and our our religion and what we grew up in at least Mm -hmm. because it helps to make sense of why my family holds to it so dearly sometimes things start off in a beautiful way and sometimes it gets lost in tradition or an expectation and we forget that there was a beauty to the first part of how we became who we are. Yeah. And it's important to recognize where we come from so that way we can grow into who we are now. Yes. So my parents met in Flint um, sometime in the 50s, 40s, 50s, somewhere around there. I was not born. No, neither was I. Neither was I. Um, Both of my parents came from some really tough households. Mm -hmm. Um, I love my grandparents. 
their lives changed by the time I was around. But before I came around and when my parents were younger, like they went some through some really difficult things. And I know, you know, in, in one branch of my family, there was a lot of abuse. Now, there's there's drugs in our story. There's um, crime in our story. I have family members who are in jail. There's poverty in our story, extreme poverty oh, yeah. in our story on both sides of my parents. Mm-hmm. We even have instances of sex workers in our family, mm-hmm. some who were introduced by their own family members. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of brokenness in my family. So my parents met when they were in their teenage years and um, got married very quickly. In my mom's early 20s, she was in a laundromat doing her laundry in Flint. And a man came in and he was talking to her. They just, they just, you know, he struck up a conversation and eventually came to talk about faith, talk about religion. My mom didn't want anything to do with religion. She didn't want anything to do with faith. She had some exposure to it when she was younger. Um, my dad, also the same. And Which is so funny to think about. I know. I, I, it's hard to imagine my mom not being in church. And long story short, eventually, this man became heavily invested in my family's life, and my parents became followers of Christ. Um, one of the biggest draws that led them to the story of Jesus was the idea of being loved. And was the idea of loving other people. And that, and that decision changed their lives. It might be hard to describe or hard to understand if you're on the outside because I think there is a ton of negativity towards the idea of conversion or anything like that. But it's really clear to see the trajectory of my parents changed. The trajectory of their life changed because of their religious beliefs. And it changed for the good. I'm glad that we're mentioning this story because I'm going to share, like, this is an important segue so that way I can compare these two. In the movie Encanto, their first miracle on how they started their family, they received a, a candle for that miracle and mm-hmm. it, like, symbolized. And so in the way, the laundromat was that kind of feel for us. That was the birthplace of our candle. Yeah, and it, and it was used for good. Yes, and from then on, it was like story after story after story. And I know these people, person after person after person, who their lives were changed too for the good and realizing that they were loved. And there are a lot of people in their lives, both their family members and people they met along the way, who were pulled out of really tough or bad situations. And their trajectory of their life turned for the good. Absolutely. And and I'm not just saying that to defend the religion. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not, in, I'm not interested in defending the religion. I'm just sharing from my experience that it is very clear when you know everything about my family that our beliefs were rooted originally in goodness. Yes, a hundred percent. Which gives reason to why there was also so much hesitancy when you came out. Yeah, and so much fear when you came out. I was the threat to that. You were, because mixed in with all of the good things were all of the other things that came along with being within these religious circles, mm-hmm. to being part of that faith. You're not just believing that you are loved and worthy of love. You also, We were also taught we had to believe these other things too. It was all wrapped up together, and we weren't allowed to unpackage it. If you change your belief in one thing, or if you're open to questioning one thing, well, then nothing is trustworthy anymore. 
So it brings a ton of fear. So when you come out, it starts to break the house. It does. So when I was watching the movie, the first time I watched it, I was like sobbing. I was like, ah, this movie feels like me. Um, because I felt a lot of connection with Mirabelle at the very beginning. And I thought this was absolutely beautiful. Her and her abuela, they were talking and she was explaining the miracle. And there's just like this warmth and beauty between their closeness. And I had that with my grandma. And then when... Uh, Mirabelle goes to receive the door or like to receive her miracle and the door vanishes away <laughs> and like you could see the look of absolute fear on her abuela's face and it changed immediately mm-hmm. and that's kind of what it was like for me when that was going to be clear I was gay I connected so much with that moment because it's like I don't get a door here I really think that I identify more with that character Maribel because she loves her family so fiercely. Yes. And she sees all the beautiful things and she loves their gifts and how wonderful their gifts are. She knows them so well that she's created this beautiful elaborate song to tell us in the very first four minutes. And it's great. And then she ignores the fact of like, well, what's your gift? Here's my family. <laughs> Here's my family again. <laughs> yeah. But what about yours? <laughs> and she's like, oh, she didn't get one. Cause he's gay. <laughs> Thinking about the bridge building piece. Yes. And really just rebuilding peace. Mm-hmm. What was the response from your abuela? It was hard because mm-hmm. it was a switch immediately. Mm-hmm. To answer that question, I have to tell a little bit of this part too. Is So the house is alive, right? Yes. It has like nonverbal communication. And in Beautiful, yes. And like it knows, like it has that wonderful connection. And who is the closest Mirabelle with the house? Is. Yes. And so when I saw that, I kind of felt like it was Papa for me, like it was God, like having that closeness. I have that wonderful connection with Papa, even though people said I don't have room here. Yeah. Like I didn't receive a gift, but like who who do I have the closest relationship with was the house. Yeah. And so, um, so it was a switch is that grandma was terrified that I was going to lead people away and I was going to bring destruction to the house. Yet the house was making it clear to Maribel that she's the one that's going to keep it together Mm -hmm. and like showed her the destruction that it was facing, the cracks that it was having. Even though the family wasn't doing anything about it, Maribel still loved this miracle, this house, the Encanto that they lived in and wasn't going to let it get away, even though everybody was telling her, everyone except for her parents were telling her that she's the problem and that she needs to stop and not be in the way and that she is ruining everybody's miracle, everybody's place of happiness. Did you sense that from us? Actually, yeah. Okay. Like, for instance... um, Recently? Not recently, no, okay. no, no, okay, no. Okay. Like this is like at the beginning. At the right? beginning, got it, got it, got it. Sorry, I need to make that clear. That's okay. Wait. So like this is like timelines you know, bouncing. Timeline is bouncing around. I I know, but like, um, but like, the more I got to see the closeness of my family and have those one on ones, I got to see their gifts and see how beautiful they are, and we could explore that together. Mm-hmm. 
and see the beauty in each other and that their gifts are bigger than what they even were thinking of and that they can use their gifts for themselves, but not using their gifts just for abuela, um, mm-hmm. but using their gifts because it is a miracle, but also taking care of their gifts, yeah. resting, being true to their self. Then we also don't talk about Bruno. Being queer is not to be talked about. So we don't talk about Bruno. We don't talk about anybody that's good who's gay. We only talk about the bad. Gotcha. Like, okay. and so, so for me, like growing up, not having that spot, and then I have these cracks, and I'm, I have to be who I am. Mm-hmm. I come out. Like the house finally crumbles, but I realize it's because it needs to break in order to be rebuilt. Yeah. The foundation is not welcoming to all. Yeah. It needs to be a home that everybody can come to. Everybody belongs here. Yeah. And if that's not the case, it's going to crumble and fall. Yeah. It crumbled. Mm-hmm. The bridge was the bridge was blown up. After you and I had restored our bridge. And you and your sister restored her bridge. You had, at least from my perspective, it looked like you had grown to the point where you were you were the one wanting to restore some of these bridges with different family members, including my mom. Yes. And I remember telling you, are you sure? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like instead of being like supportive, I was like, I don't know how that's going to go. It was like the roles were reversed. Instead of me like telling you who you should be restoring. I'm like, I don't know if I would touch that bridge. Like I wouldn't just build that. And, and you were just like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. There's that line that I absolutely love. What, what does he say about like being home? Tell people that I said hi when you. Oh, okay. And she goes, oh no, I'm going to bring you home. Mm. I was like, hope, get it girl. Yes, queen. <laughs> like, yeah. Bring them home. Let everybody have a place. Last time you talked about bricks of love. Yes. These are the things that, these are the memories that you have. These are, that's one of the way you can be, rebuild your relationships with somebody. Mm-hmm. A very easy way to start, or not easy, a very easily accessible way to start is to go back to the things you do have in common. Go back to the memories you do have, the good things that you do have, whatever they are, even if it's small. Those are the bricks of love you can start to build on. So you just dove right in. When you were ready, you dove right into trying to try to restore that relationship. What was that like? How did that go? It, it didn't go well. What did you do? I needed to bite off the bullet and actually come out to her. Because mm-hmm. I knew that she knew. But she wasn't going to ever say anything. It was going to be like this whole thing of like, oh, I'm a flamish, but I have no idea what's going on. Uh, oh, you're gay? I never know. Denial was always the name of the game. You could have been Logan's roommate forever. Oh, and gosh, yes. And she would have been happy with it. would have been. It was, yeah. It was about her des- desire to not be aware. Yes. Because then she'd have to deal with it if yes. she was aware. We would joke about that. On a- <laughs> You were just like, I don't just know. A, I don't or know. we would like throw out hints all the time, and she would pretend like she didn't oh. understand. <laughs> mm-hmm. sure. Every single time she pretend, even after you came out, she yeah. still would revert back to denial. Mm-hmm. Like, no, he didn't mean that. He didn't mean that. This is what he meant. You know, she wouldn't tell us that, but her brain would like rewire that conversation. Yes, so queen. she wouldn't have to deal with it. Right. 
you said you knew you had to come out to her. So how did you tell her? This is really funny because I don't suggest doing this. <laughs> I really do. <laughs> what a way to start it. Because really selling it here. When you're coming out, you need to feel safe. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that might be that might be home. Sometimes it might not be home. I did none of that. I wanted to make sure that she was comfortable and safe. And I was mentally preparing myself that this was not going to go well. I want to pause for a second because I think it's important to highlight what you just said. You were concerned about her safety. Mm -hmm. You were concerned about her mental awareness, right? You were concerned Mm -hmm. about her fragility. But the key difference in that is you were aware that you were choosing to do that. Yeah. So that's important. You know, don't. I never. Right. Yeah. No, that's true. That's the difference is you weren't doing it because you felt like you had to. You were choosing to for her sake. And I think that's important to any conversation. If you feel like you have to do something, that's not the time to do that and have that conversation. If you feel like you have to make sure that she's safe because you don't feel safe, then that's not good. You know, or you're feeling it because you feel guilty or you feel, you know, shameful or any of that, then that means it's not time to have that conversation. But when you were aware of what you were doing and you were choosing to do it in that way, to me, that seems healthy and mature. Nod furiously. Okay. And I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm just trying to make sure no one at home hears this and is like, okay, I have to make sure they're safe and, you know, make sure they're, well, no, no, no. Don't no. no this you, was remember your side has to be built up. Your shelter has to be built. That was from last, the last episode. Yes. You have to be secure. You have to be safe. And so before you start making accommodations, you may, you you have to be doing it from a place of awareness and a place of choosing. Mm-hmm. Triggering place for me. Mm-hmm. I took her to her church. <laughs> I forgot this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh my gosh. She knew something was happening. She knew, and I drove her there too, so I was going to have to drive her back. <laughs> and I went there to go help her clean a little bit. And so we cleaned for a little bit and then we stopped. Because she used to clean her church. Yeah, she used to clean her church. We sat down on the piano bench and I said I I needed to, to talk to her and tell her something. She was very uneasy. I knew she knew what this was going to happen, how this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. She... I think she's she, perceptive. Yes, she knew. I let her know, and I told her that I was gay. And she paused, and she says, okay, you know what the Bible says about that, right? And I said, I know what was taught about the Bible. And she goes, no, what the Bible says about that. And you know what hell is. You know that that's not okay. I still love you. That's not something God's going to accept. Oh, boy. I'm trying to remember everything that happened. I knew that this was hard for my grandma. This wasn't going to be a good conversation. There was no good words that were going to come out of my grandma's mouth at that time. And also, I mentally prepared myself for this, is that whatever my grandma said at that time was, 
I'm going to use another Disney movie as reference because it's the best way I can explain what happens. It's like Disneyception. I know. I call it Triton's Eyes from Little Mermaid because when King Triton, he says something out of anger, he does something. Does it justify it? Absolutely not. He has a moment and like he like when you really get down to the root of like all the things that are happening and we'll we'll talk about that later uh, because I have a whole spiel about all that. I know. But one of the things that is important to notice, this is why he is not a villain, is you notice his eyes. His eyes after he does that are filled with regret. And he doesn't know how to take it back. Because he can't take back what he did. Mm-hmm. And he has to learn how to fix what he did. Mm-hmm. And it takes a great leave. Mm-hmm. And like terror that he has no idea where his daughter is. And that he has lost that connection mm-hmm. forever. Yeah. For him to actually have the goal to see. All in his own pursuit of safety. Yes. And law. Like, you know, legality, like yes, yeah, and um, what he thinks is looking out for her. But I think that this is important because the eyes show some. Like they always say that the eyes are the window to the soul, yeah. which it is so true because mm-hmm. you can see, and in a cartoon, you can see the depths of what is going on in his head. There's yeah. so much going on in his head, and I love my grandma. I am angry at what it was said. That hurt, and I knew right after she said it, I saw her eyes. And I knew that biblical words came out, and then I saw the regret in them. Mm-hmm. The flicker of regret. And I was like, that's it. Mm-hmm. We will build on this. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay. And I love you. We drove back. That that we haven't talked about this in a while, um, so I forgot she said that to you. And I mean, first of all, I hate that that was said to you. And I know that that response—that's not her speaking. That's the thing, though. I knew it wasn't either. Because that's I, where we—that's the Triton eyes thing. Because someone could hear this and not know anything about her story, not know anything about what she went through growing up, not knowing anything. Like, if you hear half the stuff that they went through, good night. Like, it's an absolute disaster. Also, I understand if you are getting angry right now and listening to this and you're- Please do. Like, yes. You, you should, should. You should be angry. Just know that is not who- she is. What I know about my mom is, is she is one of the most loving people I've ever met. She's given so much of her life away to other people. Like she literally would give everything she owned to people who needed it and has. And invited people to live with her throughout her life who needed a place to go. Needed, a, I mean... Always was trying to, like when people couldn't, back in the day, when people literally couldn't take care of their children, they would just drop them off at mom's house. It's true. For like months at a time. Some One was like almost a year. 
so I and I know this. Like it's hard for me to hold those two at the same time, but I know the reason, and I know where it comes from. Holding Dude. on to the candle so fiercely that you lose sight of the miracle right in front of you. Yeah. That's where she's at. Yeah. So that was the immediate response of my mom was a denial, right? Yes. And a denial of you. <laughs> she still loved you, she said, right? Yes. And the, But then what happened afterwards? So what happened afterwards is she had a long car ride with my mother. And my okay. mother heard what happened. And my grandma had a moment where she was crying so hard she was dry heaving. And she said, I broke Shane. I said things. I broke him. Mm. And it didn't sit well with her, which it shouldn't have. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. That's another, but I think that's another facet of the kind of um, teachings we were given, given growing up. Mm-hmm. You were taught to set aside all your emotions. You were taught to set aside yeah, that's true. anything that conflicted with what what they called the word or what they called the Bible or the interpret but really what it was was their interpretation of it, right? Their specific chosen doctrine. So when their teachings don't sit well on your spirit, you have to push all of your emotions and thoughts and logic away. You're not allowed to have logic. You're not allowed to have emotions. Or if you do, then they have to line up with this specific grid that they've created. I don't know. That might be a thing to all religions. That might be a thing to just this sect of Christianity. I haven't heard it as much in different versions of Christianity, but definitely within the evangelical evangelical circles we were a part of. Like You are taught to deny certain things, but only the certain things that you're pastors or denominations have said you're supposed to deny. No wonder she felt conflicted. When you talk about the eye flicker, that's what I think of. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that? That's her heart at conflict with what was taught. And Louisa, she's also your been eye ta- is twitching. Well, then she's taught that she can't <laughs> trust herself. Yeah. Someone like her who's in her, at that point in her 70s, has lived a full life, it still is not being given the ability to trust her judgment on what love is and isn't. Which is so... Backwards. Yeah, it is. Jesus aimed to empower people to love, not to hinder them. Okay, so keep going. So this conversation with your mom in her car. Yeah, and my mom kind of ripped it into her a little bit. That is my son, and I love him. And you need to love him too. Mm-hmm. She didn't give her the comfort that... She was expecting. Yeah. What happened afterwards? We didn't talk for a while. Okay. We would see each other, family gatherings. She would act as nothing had happened and treat me just the same as bubbly as ever. And I was like, oh boy, this is this is not this is not it. And I remember I went over to her house mm-hmm. and we were talking and then she got on the subject. <laughs> She started to say some things. And then I stopped her. And I told her, I said, Grandma, I know that Papa loves me. And at the time, I used the words that um, that would be better for her to hear. Yeah. Um, And I was like, I know that I'm a Christian. Do you know that you are a Christian? 
She goes, well, I know. And I was like, how, how do I know? She goes, well, well, it's up to God. And I was like, exactly. That's your relationship with Papa. Just the way it is for me. I said, I know where I'm going. Do you know where you're going? She's like, I know. I just, I just wanted to, I said, okay, we're going to establish a rule. We can talk about things. We can talk about hard stuff. That is fine. We can have some deep conversations because you know me. I love my papa or I hope that you would know that I love my papa. And even if you don't, that's okay because I still love papa and he loves me. And I would constantly be yeah, reminded of that. Yeah. And, um, and I want to hear the good. And I said, and if you have questions, if you have things, that's fine. But what did you and your husband do every single night? No matter when you had a fight, what did you do? That's disgusting. I know. Stop it. No, that's not what I meant, you nasty. I don't... Mm. <laughs> where they wouldn't go to bed angry. And even if they did, they would find each other's hands and hold it in the middle of the night because they didn't resolve it before. Like not saying that you had to resolve the fight. It was just like a putting that on pause. a reminder. Putting that on pause. We're going to continue this tomorrow, but just know tonight I love you. Yeah. Um, And so I said, I want us to both make a promise that we will never, ever leave with us both not knowing that we love each other. So we will never leave in a fight. We will never leave in an argument. We will leave on a story about how much we love each other. Mm-hmm. And there's been a couple times I've had to remind her. Yeah. And I've told her to her face, I said, Grandma, what's our promise? Going back to those Going bricks of love. To, yeah. Right? Going just back like, to the memories. We can have these tough conversations. But we can never forget yes. Our relationship. Mm-hmm. It is built so much. So what you're doing is you are reminding her your 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 relationship with her was never built on sex. <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully not. Of course it wasn't. Exactly. No. And her relationship with anybody else is not built on sex. Sex. <laughs> right. The, it, it's not. Right. And so you're reminding her. You're finding that common ground. But yeah. you're you're pulling out the brick of love and saying, here, see, we can stand on this. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and and I also want to say, okay, so there are probably still people listening who are like, I can't believe that she's you know, she and those people and they do Oh no. Let I let me. Okay, you do it. Um, let me. First off, she is not an Olympic runner. Nor will she be. And we're going to get to that part in a minute because like, mm-hmm. I have a lot of things to say about yeah. that. But I want to make it quite clear that the steps that I see are incredible and important. And whatever may be afterwards, they are getting her to the place where she is going to be. And she might not be that here. But I have seen the baby steps. If you want to talk about what about Bob, because that's the funniest. I love that movie. But like baby steps to the elevator. <laughs> but like I the see elevator. the baby steps. And there was times where I had to remind you, Michael, mm-hmm. did you see the baby steps? And you're like, I don't understand. I was just like, yeah, but you didn't see the baby steps. And you're like, what baby steps? <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's baby steps. Yeah. <laughs> Olympic trainer is not going to train a baby to run. Mm-hmm. 
if the same way as somebody who is in the nursery is not going to teach them how to run in the Olympics. Right. Yeah, we don't so, swap those. No, no. Preschool teachers and Olympic trainers. I mean, They're don't get me wrong. Very valuable. important. Exactly. Yes. And I would also say if if you didn't grow up in that world, that you know that that mm-hmm. those circles, those evangelical mm-hmm. circles, especially the more conservative ones, if you didn't grow up in that, it's going to be hard to understand. Mm-hmm. Your whole life is based on a certain set of laws, beliefs, rules. Some that are enriching, some that are not, but you have to take the entire package. Yeah. You do. Um, and to her, with everything she's been taught and all of the things that have brought her safety and security and gave her a whole new kind of life, because it really did, like we talked about with my family, whole new kind of life. Within that package, there is no room for you. Like you, Shane. No. There is no room for somebody like you. They are taught that people like you go to hell. Eternal burning. So that's the picture in her mind when she talks to you. And I know that on the, at the very same time, she did. She had a heavy hand in raising you. Yes. Yeah, she, she really did. did. She was probably your main influencer when, she, when you were younger, just because of our family business, always keeping your mom and dad away at work. So I would see her every single day. Right. So imagine I caused this. Exactly. It's my fault. My grandson is going to hell. I did something wrong. And then imagine the guilt and shame that's placed on her and that she cycles in. So again, none of this is to, when I say this, it's not to excuse the response Mm -hmm. because there's no excuse for it, right? But it's to give context because nobody's flat. And there's a lot of things weighing into this, which is why I kept telling you, Shane, why do you keep going? Why do you keep trying? Why do you keep trying to build that bridge? You know what you're up against here. Michael, why? Because you love your grandma. Mm-hmm. Why does she do that for me? Why is she trying to convince me? Because she loves you. Isn't that funny how we're kind of both doing the same thing to each other? <laughs> you, you got, the two of so, you are so similar. It's, it's, it's so funny. <laughs> you are so similar. It's not even funny. It is funny. But yeah. Yeah. So, so you have these ups and downs. It's like a little bit like a roller coaster trying to build that bridge. And it also seemed, I don't know, it could be wrong. It seemed like when progress is made, then sometimes there's regression that happens. It goes backwards, right? Yes. A strong current comes and seems to pull out some of the moorings of the bridge, right? <laughs> this reminds me of one of my favorite scenes from Pirates of the Caribbean where you see the two captains fighting each other, but they're both dead, Right, they both both stab each other, and one's like, "Ah, are we to be two immortals locked in an epic battle until Judgment Day and trumpet sounds?" And then Jack Sparrow says, "Or you could surrender." (laughs) So, so is that what's going to happen? I mean, what do you see happening here? Just this constant going around, and what's the goal? I would like to tell you a story. So, if you didn't know, Michael and I are part of a church called the Good Neighbor Collective podcast. (laughs) No, there will be a podcast. It's just we haven't started that yet. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, So we're a part of this church. And um, every month we go to a bar called Charlene's right next to the Strand. Yep. That's in Pontiac, Pontiac, Michigan. And we do a thing called drinks and deconstruction. And we talk um, and we answer tough questions the best way that we can. Yeah. 
Maybe not so much answer. No. But yeah, I used to say answer, but, but I it's heard not some... an answer, really. It's um, So we say we do questions and perspectives. So people bring their tough questions. Any question. Seriously, we're not like, you know, when churches say, you can ask any question as long as it's not these questions. <laughs> like, all questions welcome. And you may not get an answer, but you're actually going to be able to answer each other's questions or respond to each other's questions. So we were prepping for that, right? Mm-hmm. So the morning of that first de- drinks and deconstruction, we were going to have a lot of road time. And you were like, hey, can we prepare for it on the road? And I was like, sure. Come to work with me. So I grabbed my stuff. And we were on the road. We then kind of brought up about grandma, actually. Yep, and, we did. And then I mentioned I wanted to have a talk with her at some point. And you asked me. Why? And I was like. <laughs> What are no? Actually, what I said, or what are you hoping for? Because that's usually what I say, right? Yeah. What are you hoping to get out of the conversation? I thought about that for a quick second. So, we get to where you're going to work, and so I'm waiting in the car, and um, you go do your thing, and so I'm in the car by myself. I listen to the song "Dos Origitas" uh, from Encanto. So I did. We did link two songs below. Uh, one is in Spanish and one is, um, in English, Yep, but it's from Encanto. Links to this podcast. Yes. And just listening to it. And there's an important thing to know about this part of the song. And this is something that I have been hoping for is in the movie, the way the song is presented, it's because Maribel is at the river. For those who haven't seen it, this is what, or those who have seen it, it's at the end. And who comes to the river? Her grandma. Mm -hmm. And it's funny that she picked this spot. She hasn't been to this spot in years. Um, And this is the spot where everything happened and where they got their miracle. Ah, yes. And was it at the river? Mm hmm. Yeah. And so, and that song, and like, and this is what I, 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 this is what I was hoping for is that we'll have that moment so that way we can go back together and rebuild this big, beautiful house. Oh, and you, like, and, you and grandma? Yeah, this is what I've been wanting for is like this moment in this movie, I want that for me and my grandma. Yeah. Like, I really, really want that. That is something I have been ever since I saw it. Like, it connected so well with me, and I was like, yes, queen. For real, I I don't know how to say this part without it sounding crazy. Some people can call it hypnosis. Some keep, people can call it just daydreaming. I had a talk with my papa. And by papa, you mean? God. Okay. Um. So I was listening, I was listening to the song, and I closed my eyes. And I pictured myself walking into a laundromat. Hmm. And as I'm walking into this laundromat, I see... This this older guy in his like sixties, <laughs> and he's got he's got long hair and a ponytail, and it's gray. Okay, and he's got a long beard and a ponytail, mm. and he's got tattoos head to foot, okay, like all over, like bike. And he's got a biker jacket, and he's got like the the biker jeans, the most heterosexual biker that you'd ever see but there was one important aspect that i did notice he had a little mermaid tattoo of ariel and triton hugging (laughs) and so i see him in there and i go and i sit against the the chairs against the window 
and so he's finishing up doing um putting a load of laundry inside of the laundry and then he comes over and he goes do you mind if i sit down i was like sure and i said sure papa because i knew that was my papa and that was the and so what's important about this is every time i picture papa they've always presented feminine to Mm -hmm. me Okay. It's because that's been comfortable for like me. Like in your prayers or your meditation. Yeah. Or prayers, okay. meditation. And so this is the very first time that was the complete opposite. <laughs> Not just like manly, but like, like biker manly. Yeah. Like with the but I like the the little mermaid tattoo. It's like the white rabbit from Matrix. <laughs> I knew walking in, like I knew that was Papa mm-hmm. from the get go and I felt immersed into safety. Mm-hmm. So he asked so so what are you doing? And I, I told him, I said, I'm, I'm waiting for my grandma. He goes, oh, okay. He's like, what are you listening to? And I was like, well, I'm listening to Encanto because I had my earbuds in because, you know, I'm literally listening to the song. Yeah. Um, and, and so he goes, do you, do you know what the words are in English? And I said, no, I don't. And he goes, why don't you go listen to them in English and then come back and sit down with me? And literally, I like opened my eyes, found the song in English. I'm going to read to you what it said because I closed my eyes and I listened to it with him sitting right next to me. Okay. Two caterpillars in love and yearning spent every evening alone and learning to hold each other, their hunger burning, to navigate a world and that turns that never stops turning it reminded me of my grandma and the picture of me and her and her telling me yes i love jesus and her holding me her taking me to meyer for a little birthday cake right those are those are what's flashing through my head as this is going and then it says two caterpillars against the weather the wind grows colder but they're together they hold each other no way of knowing they're all they have for shelter. And she had been with me through really hard times. Two caterpillars, don't you hold on too tight. Both of you know it's your time to grow, to fall apart, to reunite. And when I heard that, like, and Michael can tell you right now, that was hard for me to just mm-hmm. get those words out. Yeah. I lost it. Yeah. And I was crying. And there was a big burly man's hand grasping mine as I'm listening to this song. And it reminded me that, like, I knew that we needed to break. This bad thing needed to happen in order for us to reunite. And then it says, two caterpillars cocooned and waiting each in their own world anticipating what happens after the rearranging. They're so afraid of change in a world that never stops changing and then repeats, Mm. never stops changing. And that reminded me of where we were, where we didn't talk. Right. And then when we did start to talk, we were both so scared to lose each other mm-hmm. so much like what you said she yeah. was scared i was going to hell and i was scared that she wasn't going to love the way that she was designed to love yeah and then it says 
two butterflies. Don't you hold on too tight. Both of you know it's your time to, to go. To fly apart, to reunite. Wonders surround you. Just let the walls come down. Don't look behind you. Fly till you find your way towards tomorrow. And I, I got done. And I, I looked at Papa. And he just looked down at me. And he goes, I'm so proud you came here to this laundromat where it started. He goes, She's not coming. <laughs> She's not coming. He just hold. He just held me. He says, "She's not coming. She's in her cocoon. She's not coming here. But don't worry. I'm gonna make sure she gets here. I'm watching the cocoon. You're meant to fly. You just love her." It's my job to watch the cocoon, not yours. What did I tell you? What do you tell everybody? It's God's job to judge. Holy Spirit's job to convict. What do you do? And I looked at him and I said, I love. He goes, that's right. You do what you've always done. You love. The hardest thing I've heard and the most comforting thing I've heard when she gets it you both will be butterflies mm -hmm. and it won't be here on earth mm. oh my god that broke me yeah but it was like and i said like i stood up and i just Hugged him. And like what's important that like in in whatever you call it, a dream, hypnosis, a talk with Papa. I didn't need a grandma, I didn't need a mom. I needed a daddy there at that laundromat that day. Mm -hmm. And when I when I stood up, I just felt so much lighter. I didn't realize how much I'd been carrying that whole entire time. And yeah. then I just love my grandma. I don't know how much time I have, but I just love her. And that if there's anything. Like, she loves you yeah. in a way that she can. And that's how it would change. And, you know, Michael opens up the car door. And <laughs> sees me. I was out of the car. I was gone for like what? Five, five minutes. minutes. This happened in five <laughs> minutes. I'm just. I'm. Minding my own business, I don't even know. I come back and I look and Shane's a wreck in the in my vehicle, and I'm like, "Oh, uh, are you okay? What happened? What do we need to stop? Are you What's okay? going on?" And I'm like, oh, I, "I just had to talk with Papa," and you, you're like, "Oh, okay. What what happened?" Oh man. Now I do want to say, if somebody's listening, and I don't care what you believe, I really don't. I don't care what you believe. About what that could have been. Um, I think there's lots of explanations for it. Um, I do tend to still be in the camp that I think that there is some kind of divine. 
And I do believe we have connections to it at points and things that are undescribable, but maybe this is something describable, and that's fine. If so, don't miss the point behind it. Because the whole point was I was meant to love. Just love her. And that, and that bridge... Is gonna that bridge is just gonna look different? Maybe it's not gonna be a highway. Maybe it's a little walking bridge. So Shane, let me ask you a question. No. Yes. <laughs> if she never comes to the place where she is fully accepting of who you are, and with that I mean with you being gay. Mm-hmm. Would the bridge you've built this far be worth the time and tears that you've put into it? A hundred percent. I'd never take anything back. I've seen how much she's grown. Mm-hmm. And I see how much she still is growing. Like, it's never stopped. And I'm just there to love her. You're good but with boundaries. Yes. Like, that's now. the thing. Yes. Yeah. I don't have the weight of I have to. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, you're doing my job. Like, that's what Papa was telling me. You're doing my job. Like, you've yeah, been you telling can't. people to not to do with my job, and you're, you are doing my job. Yeah. And it was, it was just like, <laughs> and you can't oh. for, You can't force her across a bridge in the same way she couldn't force you across a bridge. No. But I can be there and present and love her this looks very different for other people and i want to make this also clear that this is my story not your story right um and sometimes love looks at a way of you don't talk to that person anymore and you completely cut them off right that can be loving also loving can also mean turning them in yeah some people might have different opinions but you'll know what love, what it means to love. Yeah. Gosh. Y'all see why I say Shane is one of the most Jesus-y people I know. My gosh. <laughs> Stop it. Go on. No. No. I'm not. No. <laughs> uh, Shane, thank you for sharing this. You're welcome. To wrap things up, um, where I am, because like we talked about the end of the movie, or yeah. like we didn't talk about the end of the movie, mm-hmm. and I was waiting for my grandma but it was God that met me in the place where it all started. And he's like, let's go build the house together. Let's go make a place that's inclusive for everyone. And that's where I'm at right now is building a house, building a community that everyone belongs to. It's mm-hmm. awesome. Thank you, Shane. Yep. Thanks, thanks for sharing. I know this is really mm-hmm. deep, heavy stuff. If you're listening, I hope you found some encouragement. Um, I hope you learned something new. So join us next week where we'll be giving uh, a challenge to churches specifically on the importance of clarity with your policies and with what you teach. And until then, remember that Papa loves me just as much as she loves you. And that's that, a trunk full. Uh, uh, stealing my flavor. Keep growing, my friends. Keep growing, my friends. Sounds like a crazy lady talking to plants. <laughs> <laughs>